Hi, everyone. It's Sunday, November something. Come on in. Sunday's in. I'm in the living room of the studio, chilling out. It's funny. Before I went live, I had this idea that I was going to talk about this question that comes up. If all of this, if all of this manifestation, form, appearance, the world, maya, the illusion, is a dream, is an appearance, then why do we suffer? Like, is suffering an illusion too? So when you watch the news, which you really shouldn't do, and you see all the suffering in the world, or you yourself know from your lived experience that there is suffering, it's undeniable that we suffer. In many ways, life is a kind of suffering because there's never enough and it's always a seeking and it has this tone of suffering, of aversion and of grasping. But why would that be? And why would it matter? If all of this is just an appearance in the eternal no-thingness of the one reality, why is it that Buddhists talk about compassion so compulsively and Jesus talks about compassion so compulsively? Like, what is this purely because in the dream, the Buddha and Jesus were dream characters speaking to other dream characters in dreamish, speaking the language of dreamish? Or is there something deeper here, a deeper truth? And I've been feeling into this for a long time it, because... I guess on one level, none of these questions matter, but on the other level, they're kind of the most important questions because it's one thing to realize through a direct apprehension, not through the mind, but there's a direct experiential realization that all of this is empty of substance, is completely impermanent, is only happening as an appearance, much as a dream happens. When you wake up from a dream, you can look back on the dream and go, that never happened. Nothing happened. It was vapor. It was appearance. It was flickering images on a screen. But then you could feel into, well, but what was it like <laughs> what was it like in the dream? Let's say the dream was unpleasant. Bad things happened. There was loss. There was fear. There was anger. There was seeking. There was running. There was terror. There was pain in the dream. What was that like? Did it feel real? Was it happening in that sense? Well, 
I'll tell you the answer here is yes. Suffering is, it's such, how do I say this? Because it's unsayable, really. Human suffering, let's stick with that. Human suffering is experienced by a constellation of energy that through a quirk of consciousness thinks it's a separate being and is the source of attention, is the source of experiences. Everything is happening to it. So when a bad dream happens and bad things happen in the dream, as they do, as they do in the dream of life, when, con- when consciousness takes this stance, apparently, as a separate being, the suffering is, suffering is experienced as a separate being and as being absolutely real. So in this sense, Everything is emptiness, showing up as this radiant appearance of form. And through a quirk of it, the form itself is self-knowing. There's no self apart knowing any of it. It's all one instantiation happening mysteriously from a source that you can't know with the human mind, and yet you are it. And yet, as it spins up this world, part of those appearances are this awakeness, this thought space, this conscious presence that appears that takes the confirmation of a human, of you. And that you that it takes the confirmation of suffers. And that suffering is absolutely happening. It's happening. So people will say, why, why try to wake up? When you wake up, why would you do anything when you realize it's all an illusion, isn't that the deepest kind of nihilism, that this is a dream and you're done? Well, on one hand, yes, it is a dream. And the waking to realize there was no dreamer, there's only this, is one thing. And that's a beautiful, powerful realization. And with it comes a kind of unconditional love where you realize everything is this And you're not apart from it. There's no you apart from it. So it's radical acceptance. And then that radical acceptance meets the knowing of suffering. That suffering is happening. Through the memory of its own suffering, but also just seeing it in the world, experiencing it. These apparent separate beings that are suffering terribly. And it's known, it's known that the suffering is real. And it arises then this unconditional, indescribable desire to love in the face of that suffering, to be concerned about that suffering, and to act in a way in the world that relieves that suffering. And none of this can be You can't fake this. You can't copy this. You can't go, oh, Mother Teresa was really awake and spiritual, and I can just copy her degree of altruism, and I'll be that way. This is different. This is knowing that you're not other, that there's just this. 
that it's a dream and still, actually not even still. And because of that showing up and realizing that this aberrancy of suffering is real and these apparent beings are suffering. It's this deep paradox. There are no separate beings and yet the separate beings suffer and it matters. It matters more than anything actually. It's a kind of urgency that you feel. And this is a paradox for the thinking mind because the thinking mind is either or, either or. Well, either it's a dream or it's not. Either suffering matters because there's a physical reality and there's humans that are separate and they're, and they suffer and you don't want suffering or there isn't. But what if it's both and? What if it's yes and? What if it's like in improv comedy? Yes and. Well, it turns out reality is everything and nothing. It's so paradoxical that the mind would just shut down in its, in the face of it in the radiance of it. And so why, why, why? It's always why. The mind's asking why. So why do we care about suffering? Or why do you not care about suffering? Or if everything's a dream? Well, the truth is, yes and. Yes, this is a dream. Yes, there is suffering. Yes, it matters. Yes, it can't hurt what you are. Your true nature is not damaged by anything. It was never broken. It's always and eternally this. And yet, when it arises as suffering, it matters. There's nothing more you can say, really. Even these words are stupid. Forget all of them. Just feel into it. Next time you're meditating or you're sitting or you're watching the news or you're feeling, you know, a, a child is having a bad day or a coworker's having a bad day or more, more likely, you're having suffering. Feel into what is that? What is that? The one who's suffering. And you look for that and you realize, oh my God, it's all, it's all a misapprehension. It's all a misunderstanding. And that misunderstanding that we are somehow separate and we have the capacity to suffer because we're apart and that we can control things, that that can collapse. And that, just that, is the end of suffering. It's not the end of pain. It's not the end of the illusion. It's just the end of the one who suffers. And then you show up in the world manifesting this compassion. And it shows up in all kinds of different ways. Let me, let me look at some comments here. Because I've been talking a long time. And honestly, if I'm being totally truthful... What I wanted to convey about this is unconveyable, and I realize it the more I try to talk about it. So hopefully any of this is pointing in the, into the void where this can actually be realized, but not by you, by your true nature, by what you actually are, which is the awakeness looking through your eyes and all eyes, and even that is mind stuff. It's impossible to talk about, and that's the closest I can get. Hey, sorry to interrupt this episode. It's Dr. Z. Just a quick pitch here. If you can just leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, it helps us a lot. I also want to hear what you think about this episode when you're done listening. Hello at ZDogMD.com. It's the best way for me to hear your voice because the emails come right to me. 
And we don't have a comment section on most podcast platforms. Maybe Spotify has one, but nobody else does. So it really gets your voice involved on episodes, especially that don't have a video. And the third thing is if you want to be a part of this community and support the show, join our supporter tribe, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. You can join on YouTube, Locals, Facebook, Instagram. You get live videos with me where we're talking about these things in depth, uncensored, and your comments are fully incorporated as in real time. And then we do these Zoom meetings where it's really like a beautiful community where we share our experiences on the awakening journey list journey. How are we going to transform ourselves so we can transform healthcare and education and government? Because those systems are epiphenomena of us. Until we wake up, those systems will stay asleep. They'll, they're just an expression of our own delusion. So being a part of that, it supports this message so others can hear it. And it also allows for our own collective growth. So we need each other in that way. It's really, really, really tightly interwoven and interdependent. That's it. Back to your regular schedule, regularly scheduled show. Ashley Marie sent a super chat. Thank you. I have a theory. All evil is rooted in fear. It's only overcome by awareness of pure consciousness and existence, which results in unconditional love. So evil is, is a human idea. In a way, you could say evil is the generation of suffering. So something that causes suffering is maybe evil. You could say that that's an objective description of evil. Now, it might cause suffering in one person and bliss in another. But when it causes suffering in, a, in, a, in an individual, then you could say, well, maybe that's evil. So how does knowing your true nature as this unconditional love, as emptiness, and seeing all this for what it is, which is the radiant appearance vibrating in nothing, in eternal, awake love? There's no other. I mean, what, how do you talk about this? You can't. This is the problem. This, this is why, this is why we, we, waking up is a, is a glitch in the matrix. Because you can't use the mind to wake up. The mind has to stop. So why would that then be the solution to evil? Well, first of all, that's assuming there's a problem, which means mind. But let's say suffering is the issue. Well, you, the, the only root relief of suffering is to uproot the delusion, the illusion, the dream that there is a separate self apart from reality that has control that can suffer. And that's the realization. And it's not just pop and you're done, usually. It's, oh, whoa, shift one, there's everything is just awake presence and I'm that. It's vast and expansive and that's my identity. And then maybe shift two, and I'm, I'm simplifying this, and it's not even this way. <laughs> That's the problem. It can show up like this, but it can show up and do whatever it wants. Then all the repressed stuff in the person that's been conditioned over years of life and maybe even your ancestors starts showing up. And that strong emotion and difficulty and pushing and pulling because the residual identity is still there. Now it's not just identity as a body, it's identity as consciousness. So then even that can relax and that sense of I am can just be a sense of I, just I is every, it's just everything is I. This is what I is, is all of this. It's not even an identity anymore. It's just life. No you, 
no eternal consciousness, just life. And at that point, the last vestiges of that separation subtly start to dissolve, and it can feel like existential terror and all kinds of things. But when it does finally integrate, as Angelo's videos often point to this, his videos on sort of no self, well, then there's the, the one who suffers is now gone, and it's just life. And so when pain arises, it's seen pain. When you see suffering, you can still experience it as, oh, that's suffering. And the desire, it's just a natural tendency to move in the world in a way that doesn't generate that because there isn't pushing and pulling. There isn't the sense of control. There isn't a sense of separation. That stranger is you in the simplest terms. Your wording is meaningless to children who have no power to stop suffering induced by parents. Sandra Panici. Well, all this suffering that's induced repeatedly by humans is conditioned momentum because humans as a mass, humans, human consciousness, consensus reality, the conventional world is the dream. And in the dream, it, the dream conditions itself. And it's just suffering on suffering on suffering because we learn it from our parents. We teach it to our children that you're separate. You have to go and scrape and survive and all this other stuff. And the kids then go from this oceanic infant state to building a self apart and then defending the self apart and then finding the self apart kind of meaningless and existentially weird in their teen years and then going into the world and overcoming that working for so many years, then having the middle life crisis where, again, it's existential meaningless and some of them find spirituality. And then in spirituality, they find another story and another conditioning and another goodie to get, well, now I'll wake up. I'll wake up. That'll be the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll get enlightenment. And then that way I can prevent, I can alleviate my own suffering and I'll have the power to alleviate other people's suffering like a bodhisattva. I'll take a vow. I will limit, I will, I vow to liberate all beings. Man, what a power trip that will be for the ego. You see how slippery it is. So yeah, parents induce suffering in the kids and then kids go on to do, this is millennia of conditioning. You don't snap through it with words. In fact, words will do nothing for this. This is an energetic unwinding, a kind of grace, a knowing. And when that happens, you move in the world differently. Are you going to save every child who suffers? No, that's delusion, and it's egoic delusion. The knowing is beyond knowing. That there isn't a you, and yet this showing up will do the right thing. I don't, I don't, I have no other way to really to express this. It's really a kind of Yeah. Um, yeah, people are saying throw out your TV. I mean, this idea of not watching news, of throwing out the TV or not reading newspapers or whatever, is, is, a, is a way of saying, okay, well, what if I just unplug from consensus reality? So the dream machine no longer can affect you because, you know, unless it's happening right here, it's not happening. 
And this is true. In your experience, the entire universe is this. That's true. But that doesn't solve the root problem. The root problem is a lifetime of conditioning where you actually do, on an energetic level, believe that you're separate moving through a world in space and time with a future and a past. And that's the dream. That's the dream state. That's the conventional reality, consensus reality, maya, the illusion. And in that dream state, there is suffering. End of story, full stop. It is suffering. The dream state is suffering because it generates the sense of a a self apart. And it's a glitch in consciousness in a way, a glitch in reality. Glitch meaning there's something about a human instantiation that self-reflects. Consciousness as an appearance forms a standing wave, like a pool reflecting. And it spins up in this reflection, an entire history of humanity, your history, your kid's history, your spouse's history. It spins it all up in a headspace. That's just an appearance in consciousness. And that headspace thinks it is the subject of experience. And it generates time and it generates space. And that is suffering. But when that is seen through by the very awakeness that's the ground of all of this, if you can use that kind of terminology, well then, you, the, 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 this dream, the appearance, doesn't stop, typically. It continues, but now it's a lucid dream. You know it's a dream. But when you see a dream character suffering, the difference is you know that that dream character actually exists in the sense that it's having it thinks it's having experience and it's having suffering. And how are you going to respond as everything, knowing that's also you? Because this is all one, not two. And you show up in that way. You can't, again, you can pretend, you can copy, you can practice meta-meditation. That's all wonderful, like loving kindness. It's beautiful. But the root needs to be pulled out, this idea that, (laughs) that you think you're this. Even at the subtlest level, at the subtlest level, actually, it becomes even more sticky because you're feeling everything full on, because you can't jump into thought so easily, but there's still the one who's feeling it. And now it feels unbearable. You've woken up, you've done some of this stuff, and now the stuff is arising. You're feeling, all, okay, this happens. And this happens to me. In my experience, all of the suffering of humankind is felt. <laughs> there are times when it's just felt and it's known. I don't know how to talk about this. You just know you're feeling the suffering of collective humanity over eons. And it's, it feels, it's indescribably terrible because there's still a shred of identity there that takes it on and can imagine or can own that. And it feels just intolerable. And yet there's a, there's a, there's a, a deeper knowing, a deeper trust that even that suffering is appearance and in a sense is beautiful in that it can be felt fully without flinching. And therefore, when you show up in the dream, that influences everything that, that occurs. I, I, I know this sounds crazy. Um,
Yeah, Lisa feels that a lot, that suffering, yeah. Um, Dan Riddick says, I read the news, I accept it for what it is, info largely out of my control. I don't seek to take a side or remedy anything, but I feel it's useful to be uh, knowledgeable of what's going on in the world. <clears throat> if you want to be functional in the world, typically it's good to have some knowledge of the world, right? To function in the dream. And, and it's exactly as you said, it's how do you take it? Do you take it as... Um, First of all, something you can do something about that you have some control over because you don't. You don't even have control over what you say next. You think you do. That's an illusion. Because where did the thought come to say the next word? Did you control that? And this is just, guys and gals and non-binary pals, this is just unfolding. <laughs> it is like a waterfall of experience happening only now. A total mystery as to how it's all perfectly orchestrated and coordinated as an interdependent, interwoven web of reality. And it's also known that it's entirely an appearance with no substance, no substantiality, no continuity, even though it feels like it's continuous and there's time. And it's only happening now. Can you take it a step further and feel the suffering of animals too? Absolutely. Sentient beings, any conscious entity, you can feel it. Hell, you can feel the suffering of a tree. It's not the same though. It's, it doesn't feel like human suffering. It's just, it's experiencing. It has a personality. It just doesn't have a sense of self probably because it doesn't have reflective thought that we know of. But you start to feel everything. I don't know, man. If, if I'm being honest, like, I had this idea to do this live today, and it took me a while to set up this shot because it's in my um, living room. So I spent a lot of the last hour fiddling with the light and trying to get the camera set because it's just me. So I have to, like, move the camera, then I have to go back in the shot and look and see, oh, okay. And then I have to get mic'd up, and I have to put on a shirt that actually is going to work with the mic. And then I have to do all this sort of technical stuff to get the live stream happening and then set this up on this laptop so I can see all of this. So I'm, I'm really in the kind of physical space doing all of this. And before I came this morning in meditation, it was very clear. It was like, this is what I'm going to, I need to talk about this today. I need to express what is realized here and has been realized over some time, even though it's not clear and it's in our, it's very hard to articulate. I, I know I have to do it. Then the minute I hit go, on this video, I was like, I'm not supposed to, this is, there's no way to talk about this. <laughs> and I just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing this. That's how it feels. Like it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really hard to tell stories about things anymore, to kind of spin narratives. So you really have to just feel into experience and say, okay, what's really just here? What's coming out? Um, and this is a, this is a tough one because you're talking about unconditional universal compassion for su the suffering of all conscious beings. Yeah, that's just Sunday around here. That's easy. Why does it matter? Is it real? Is this a dream? 
in the end, okay, forget all of that. Just forget it. What's going on right here, right now in your experience? Right now, what is this? This is all you need to know. This is all there is. This is all there ever was. This is all there ever will be. Just the sounds and the sights and the sensations, the smells, thoughts floating through this mysterious thought space made of what? Only and always now. And even now isn't right, because now is a snapshot in time, only and always this. So from here, from this placeless place where you never left, where all of human history is spun up as a dream, what is suffering? What is love? This is the only place and it's placeless. Where the answers to this question can be seen as this never was a question. Yeah, Daryl, just concepts. So what's here that isn't a concept? What's here that isn't a thought? What's always here in between thoughts? What are thoughts made of, if you can say that? So I see a lot of comments about, you know, what about this kind of suffering and what about parents do this and what about people calling for your death and what about, what about, and what about, and what about, and what about. That's human suffering. That's the mind. Look, look what it's doing. It's going through all its catalog of suffering, all its catalog of when it was the victim, when it victimized. It's going through everything, all the story 
And the root delusion is that there is one who is doing that. There's one who is suffering that. That's the root. All those things occur as appearance. Yes. And the suffering is real when there is a sufferer appearing. So let's say you don't, this, that doesn't make sense, right? Doesn't make sense to the mind. Can't, it won't, it never will. There's no hope for the mind, none, zero. If you think you're going to read your way out of this, if you think you're going to study your way out of this, if you think you're going to pray your way out of this, if you think you're going to go join this group or that group or this spiritual tradition or that spiritual tradition, and the answer will be there, it's not. The answer is here. Now. And it isn't an answer for the mind. The answer makes the question evaporate. Yeah, George Shepard, it's thoughts all the way down. That's the nature of suffering, believing thoughts. Believing there is one who has thoughts and one who can do something about it. But ultimately, ultimately there is an there's a component of this that's strictly energetic, meaning it's in the body, it's in the environment, it's a energetic contraction that feels like a me. And so it's not just thoughts. It's not just looking at thoughts and questioning belief. That's crucial, though. It's actually allowing, without resistance, those energies to be seen, to be felt, to be experienced fully, without escaping into a story or a thought or a concept. And so when you feel, when these are allowed to be felt full on, they just keep expressing, they keep expressing. You think you're done and there's more, there's more, and there's more. And then mysteriously and magically, things seem to loosen, things seem to lighten. That sense of identity starts to fray. And you notice that your own suffering is very different. Now, you don't suffer the way you used to where you're lost in thought and you believe the thoughts all the time and you're suffering like everybody. Now, the suffering comes when you're feeling this, another piece of emotion arises or a memory arises and it's felt 
so full on that if there is suffering, it's because there is that residual energetic identity that creates that bit of distance between a you and the energy. And there's a subtle belief maybe that says, I can't bear this, or I can't handle this, or why me, or let me escape, let me make distance, let me go have a sandwich, let me watch a Netflix show, whatever it is, instead of just allowing this fully, and that generates the friction, the resistance that is suffering. So suffering has many flavors. And again, is it real? If everything is an illusion, well, tell me, are you experiencing it as real? Does it feel like it's happening to a person? If the answer is yes, then it's as real as it needs to be, isn't it? Until that seeing, beyond seeing, sort of apperception that, oh, I had it just, it was just a misunderstanding. It's not complicated. Sandra says, suffering does not have to happen. It's not necessary. Um, Yeah, it's certainly not necessary have to happen it doesn't doesn't matter have to happen or not it happens so in a sense for many it is a grace because the suffering is what drives the awakening it drives the seeking which ultimately is seen through oh there was never a seeker and then without suffering there'd be really hard to awaken Because what would be the... So I said earlier, it's kind of a grace and a mystery that anybody wakes up at all. But not really, because suffering is what drives so much of this. If you talk to people who've had awakening, so many times it's suffering. And the suffering may be as simple as, this is not satisfying. Life, I've done all the things. I've had everything. I've had all the things. All the wonderful things that life has to offer. And I'm still unhappy. Why? I'm still not satisfied. Why? That's suffering. That's dis-unsatisfactoriliness, dukkha, to use the sort of Pali or ancient language that the Buddhists would use to describe that. Dukkha is really unsatisfactoriliness. And that often drives the seeking and the questioning and the curiosity that ultimately subverts the mind that's questioning. And then... It's seen, oh, right in front of my face. Yeah, Ashley says, yeah, rock bottom is where life can begin, aware life. And for many it is, and that's why many people wake up in recovery. They've literally hit rock bottom. Happens. Diana says, if you told a child the tooth fairy decided not to come, 
They would get sad and cry. If he told an adult, they wouldn't suffer. Yeah, it's all, it's all really from the standpoint of the delusive view that there's something real happening here to me. The tooth fairy didn't come to visit me. So many beliefs in that, that the tooth fairy is real, that having the tooth fairy come would be good and that it didn't come and that it happened to a character, me, a real person. So all those beliefs are required for the suffering. So what happens if those beliefs are seen through? Not just intellectually seen through. Oh, I know there's no tooth fairy. No, experientially. No tooth fairy. Never seen a tooth fairy. Never had a tooth fairy. Whatever, no tooth fairy. Can I find a me? Look and experience. Is there the center of self somewhere that isn't a thought or a sensation or an energy? Nope. Okay, see through that. Good and bad. Tooth fairy coming is better than um, sitting at a bus stop waiting for a bus. Why? They're both exactly what's happening perfectly. I never even considered that I suffered until I met this non-dual uh, BS. <laughs> Daryl, well, that's the prerequisite for waking up is realizing that there is suffering. That's kind of the root of the whole thing. And the thing is, there's, there's no reason, first of all, there's no, <laughs> no, let's not get into there's no awakening or whatever. It's more that there's no reason to awaken unless you realize you suffer or there is suffering and that there's something ultimately that doesn't suffer, that is more what you are than what you think you are. That's the simplest entry point. Bring back Donald Hoffman, Ed T. Donald's great. Notice how he expresses now. Before he was very much about the, the science of consciousness as everything. And now he talks about, so what's emerging consciousness? A mystery. And the only way to explore that mystery is to be still, to be silent, to be here. Listen to Donald talk now. That guy is really special, you know, and there's no specialness. That's the other thing. Everything is just this. Paradox. Paradox. Um, all right. What else? What else do you guys want to talk about? Yes. So, so, I mean, let me, let me, let me sit with this a little because again, a lot of times after I do these videos, I get very like, whoa, hello, just kicked my laptop. I get very, um, some, a lot of thought arises and it's like, why did you try to talk about that? Or what were you saying? Or in retrospect, but as, as we're talking, it's these words come from nowhere, right? So it's really interesting. There's an expression. And then afterwards, the mind is trying to put it together. Where, why, why did you say that? That's what it does. 
And th that generates a kind of suffering friction tone because you're like, oh, I could have done otherwise, or I shouldn't have done this, or like there's some control. Like everything that's coming out of my mouth is exactly how it was supposed to be. And it's felt even now in here that this is impossible to talk about. And yet here, here I am doing this makes me just want to be still. Hmm. Paradox by the dashboard light. Nice meatloaf uh, reference, Rick Reynolds. Did you know meatloaf was an enlightened being? Neither did I. Um, what does that even mean, enlightened being? Ashley Murray, meditation, being nobody in the moment. You are not your name, not your body. Sit with it. Um, that's the best spot to train in. I mean, that's what meditation is. It's like just sitting sitting with truth, looking at what's here, looking for the looker. There's a million different paths to the same meditation, which is just this. Hi, Juliet. Yesterday, a lovely thing happened. I was, I took my kids to Old Navy so they could, they wanted to buy clothes because uh, they're, all their jeans are getting small and they need some shoes from DSW, which I thought st stood for the shoe warehouse, but it stands for designer shoe warehouse, apparently discount shoes. And so they were shopping and I was like, two little girls, I'm like, I, I can't really go in there and shop with them. You know, they're going to have to shop and then text me when they're done and I'll come in and veto or not veto what they got or help them. Cause I don't know anything about girl stuff. I'm just like, huh? and so I went out in front of, there was a Trader Joe's nearby and I sat on this bench in front of Trader Joe's, which is strange that they had a bench in front of Trader Joe's. It was beautiful. So I sat there it was the evening and, um, Things got very still, very present, as they tend to do, because that's the nature of reality. And when there's an attunement to it, it's just, it's the loudest thing in the room is this. And as this is happening, I'm sitting there, and kind of like this, and I hear, oh, excuse me, are you, do you have a YouTube channel? And I look up and there's a um, there's a woman, blonde woman, probably I don't know, thirties or forties, and um, has a bunch of Trader Joe's bags, and uh, she's looking at me, and I'm sitting on the on the bench. And I, and I looked up and I made eye contact and I, I, and it's weird. 
it felt like everything was a flow state. So there wasn't, there wasn't a me interacting with another. There was just what was happening. So I made eye contact with her and I said, yes. And she said, you're a Z-Dog. And I said, yes. And she told me her name, which I think is so wonderful when people do that. They immediately introduce themselves instead of kind of going on and on about me. They make it an actual relationship instead of just a parasocial relationship where they have an idea of who this character is and start talking about the character. But she actually introduced herself and not in healthcare. And she said, I found you during COVID and I just loved how you talked about the alt middle and looking at all perspectives. And you introduced me to Vinay Prasad and it's just been really helpful because it seems like everybody on all sides of this is crazy. And uh, so I stood up and, and we just connected, talked. And then my daughter called Hey, come in and we need help. And I was like, okay, I got to go. And, I, and um, we thanked each other and we went our different ways. Now, I started telling the story because this was one of the most natural feeling like interactions that I've had around being recognized in public, which is it's a weird trap because there's a lot of egoic component. There's a lot of projection. There's all kinds of stuff that goes into that. And this just felt like, oh yeah, click, 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 click. Like everything is interconnected. And here's one of those interconnections showing up just a little harmonic, boom, and then duh. And it felt completely natural and perfect. It used to be when those kind of things would happen, there'd be a component of either grasping, like, oh, maybe I should make more videos, or maybe I should do this, or, oh, I hope, whoops, I'm no longer in focus. Hang on, there we go. Or maybe um, I said the wrong thing to them, or, oh, man, I don't like getting recognized when I'm trying to just shop, or, man, I can't go anywhere, or, man, I'm dressed like shit, or, man... um, I got to be careful what I say because anyone around me could know, see the show or something and be listening and they'll find out what a terrible human I am. Like all that stuff. I, I, me, me, self, self apart. And yesterday it was just like beautiful, perfect. So I don't know. Is there a solution for suffering. I don't know. I just know that it feels from here that suffering is real, that it matters, and that it can be seen through, in which case then it becomes optional. I don't know. All right. These comments are silly. So I think it's probably time to wrap up. Um,
we're going to be doing more supporter Zoom shows where we all get together and talk about this stuff on Zoom. So if you're interested in this kind of thing and you want to also support what we do and be a part of that group, which is a, they're awesome. A lot of them are here. Um, ZDogMD.com forward slash supporters. Remember, I can make the little thing jiggle if YouTube's algorithm is right. If I say like and subscribe, it does help. Leave a comment. Tell me what you think. And if you want to email us, it's just hello at zdogmd.com. Uh, always like emails. Um, so there's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Suffering is optional. We say that a lot in recovery. So true. Yes. And Aaron knows about this. This, um, and it's tricky. It's tricky. Let me say one thing about this. There are people with chronic pain, with PTSD, with abuse, with severe trauma. When you tell them suffering is optional, that's like stabbing them because it's suddenly making, it's all, if it's, it's, it can be perceived as, well, now I'm the one to blame because I didn't make it optional. This terrible thing that happened. So I'm very careful when I talk about um, suffering being optional. It is optional. However, it's not when it's not. And that's why this unfolding, this hero's journey, you know, it happens. And if you haven't undertaken it or it has, the grace hasn't been there through the causes and conditions of your life, well, suffering is as real as anything. It's not optional when it isn't, right? Until it's seen through. It's absolutely, so actually, boy, what a beautiful, beautiful point here. Gets, it brings the whole thing full circle. How can suffering be real when it is optional, when it can be seen through that this is a dream and all that? Because when it's not seen through, it's experienced as fully non-optional, the end of the world, brutality, pain, terror, heartache, grief, all of it happening to me. That is really hard. It's an urgent issue in that sense. So the best we can do is show up and go, okay, so how do we start to loosen the prisons of our own mind that allow then suffering to be seen through, the one who suffers to be seen through? And it's not just concept, it's not conceptual at all. It's energetic and it's a realization that happens not to a you, it's like awakeness wakes up. There's no other way really that I found to talk about it. And even that's just total nonsense because you can't talk about it that way. Okay. Thanks guys. Um, Till next time. Be awesome. I always never know how to sign these things off. Be awesome. Be well. I don't like that. Like, be well. Don't be well. It, that's that's fine. Just be awesome. <laughs> no clue. All right, gang. I love you. Peace.
Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I want to hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters. And access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.